Hello, hello. Uh, we are back today with another interview, one that I'm very excited about um, with Megan Mahalani. Yes? Okay. <laughs> I've been practicing how to say her last name before <laughs> we started because I did not want to get it wrong. Um, I have actually no idea how I found you. Uh, I think probably someone shared some post of yours on Instagram, probably of your movement. And I was like super drawn to her. Like I've taken a couple of her free classes and had signed up for a couple before um, Before I kind of went through the loss with Harold. I had to cancel some things with her and we had to reschedule this podcast. But I've been really excited to explore more of her work. And I know she has other things coming out. So thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's great to connect. Yeah, I think probably what I was drawn to, well, I guess the first post that I saw from you was kind of, I don't know how you would describe it, but I would qualify what you do, I guess, as a nonlinear form of movement that feels um, cathartic, which is like a huge piece for me like it feels like decon it feels like embodied deconditioning which is something that we speak about a lot um in my world so how would you describe it mm. oh i love that embodied deconditioning mm. <laughs> yeah yeah i would i would say yes to that sometimes i call it rewilding but that that name um, there's a, there's a lot of different rewilding stuff out there now. Basically a remembrance instead of something you're learn another thing you're learning, right? It's like, um, I guess the, the main way I think of it as moving from the inside, the moving the way animals move, moving the way we moved when we were little before we knew what our bodies looked like or what a knee was or what a, an elbow or a hip was moving from that space of real, real innocence and curiosity and presence. And I suppose it would fit into the category of nonlinear in that the, the structure that we are in in this kind of movement is from the inside like it's oceanic it is structured but it's not structured from an idea of what a movement should be it's structured from the inside feeling sensing knowing um, and that is what creates or informs the movement so, and it's so nourishing, you know, to move from, as you know, and it sounds like you've done a lot of the, this kind of movement. It's so nourishing to have the body really be the movement teacher, you know, and so that's how I always aim to guide is not guiding and directing someone as if I know, but guiding and directing someone, usually it's women, you know, who I work with to like listening to her body as the ultimate teacher yeah i really love that i think it's i mean to touch briefly like cosmically we're in this jupiter just moved into taurus for a year and i've been speaking a lot about it because jupiter is this planet of like luck and abundance and expansion and taurus is like slow the fuck down like get your body on the earth, like marinate yourself in Venusian energy. You know, it's just like, it feels like such a beautiful time to me to have this conversation, to like extend an invitation that is so aligned. And then we have Venus and Leo. So like everything's kind of like, there's like this very Venus vibe happening that I really love. Um, and I'm excited to talk about this like right now, because I feel like maybe people will be a little more receptive to it, maybe who haven't been, or maybe just it will facilitate someone leaning into that, which will support all areas of their life, you know? Um, so I think that's really cool. I used to lead these classes. I took yoga teacher training 
mainly because I was leading meditation in Portland and nobody was really coming to the meditation studio. And I was like, maybe if I go and I do like a yoga teacher training, I can like sneak in what I really want to be doing, which is like meditation <laughs> and breath work into these yoga classes. And I really tried. Um, and my yoga classes were always different because I just couldn't, they were always really flowy. And then I started teaching these classes called release that were just like a, let's just shake the shit out of our body and like flick it off our fingers and like move and yell and stomp our feet. And because I feel like as adults, we kind of stop having temper tantrums and we really need them. Like our body needs to move. It needs to move anger as much as it needs to move like sadness or grief, you know? Um, I took one of your classes early on and it was one of your nervous system is it nervous system regulation classes or I don't know what you what you called it was it where we were lying down on the earth it was but you were like uh directing us to move from our tailbone and I'm curious mm. why like is that like just like a because that's our root or is there another reason mm. Well, for me, the body is like just I'm I'm such a somanot. So I've just my main hobby, all my free time, I, I like to dive. I, I dive a lot. So tailbone is one of the you know one of the spots on the map that we can go into. So um, for any reason in particular, um, I was usually I I guide from being really present with what's happening in the moment. So I'm sure there's a reason in that moment why I guided us there. Um, but I never guide from an idea. I never do that. I'm just so trusting of, of my body and my heart leading me that, um, you know, so I'm not exactly sure <laughs> where, where I was going in that moment. Um, I know I was responding to what was needed because that's, that's kind of how I, how I do everything. But um, I like to pick a place as a way to like have a spot, right? So sometimes we'll go into open attention. I got that term from um, Emily Conrad. I don't know if you're familiar with her and her work continuum. She was like the, the original, like she was like the OG fluid movement. Um, kind of godmother she it, it wasn't a thing and then Emily came into the world and it was a thing and she's um she's you know passed away a, several years ago um maybe like eight or ten years ago now but um open attention is this idea of going into your whole whole system and sensing your whole system at once so I do use that but something like the tailbone or a precise spot like the inside of the tip of your finger or you know under your tongue i kind of think of it as like everything is as fair game to go into and um if we're going to the tailbone yeah there's so much i mean especially for for women there's so much held there that a lot of people don't even know that we hold it's like First, there's usually no sensation or no awareness. And then when there's the, the thawing out process begins, there's this almost shock of how vacated someone is, right? Someone's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize how disconnected I was or vacated I was. So the tailbone and the whole pelvis, sometimes we'll work with the space behind the pubic bone, all different areas in the pelvis. Um, yeah it's so foundational for you know feeling feeling the earth feeling like we're not just on the earth but we're like kind of in this whole unified connected field with the earth so i feel like the tailbone's good because it's a it's a precise enough place that we can you know at least think about what it would feel like even if we can't actually feel it yet yeah. Yeah. I also really love it just because I think, you know, in the work that we do, that I do, um, a lot of it is about like getting out of our heads, you know, mm -hmm. like we spend so much time not only leading our lives from our minds, 
but like leading with our head in the world, like, cause we're on these devices and we're on the computers and we're just like, like, I'm always kind of like, I'll go for walks and try to tune into my back body or like, so I love anything that kind of brings your drops you in, I guess. And I feel like the tailbone is like such a good place to drop you in. And finally I've had like, I mean, not totally unexplained. I had like a tiny bruise on my tailbone that I cannot, it has not healed for like a year. Um, so it was for me, like coming to that class and having you speak about, like I've had tailbone kind of unexplained tailbone pain. I'm also like, I've been traveling for almost three years. So I think the groundlessness of my route is part of it. Um, and then I've been dealing with some Saturn stuff and Saturn's all about bones. So I keep being like, kind of like work itself out as it works itself out, you know? Um, but it was funny that that's not like a prompt that you always go to, but it's the one that happened in the one class I took. <laughs> so maybe you were feeling into my tailbone, my tailbone <laughs> situation. I was like, wow, this is perfect. <laughs> wow. And did you notice anything? Did you notice like more sensation or, I mean, that was a little while ago, so I'm not expecting you to remember, but I'm curious to hear what that was like for you. All I remember is that I remember really liking leading from that place. And like, I remember how hard it, like, I feel like a pretty embodied person almost sometimes to my own detriment. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm so sensitive to everything in my body. So, and I think people who are like that, like ex experience their bodies in kind of an intense way. Um, but I had trouble like staying with it, you know, which kind of surprised me. And then I felt like, um, with what was going on with it, that it was just like an interesting, like I've been contemplating it since. And like, I'll do movement practices from my tailbone and like have conversations with my tailbone, but like through movement rather than like trying to have a mental conversation. So it was really great. Love that. A conversation through movement. Beautiful. That's yeah. Really mm. Yeah. Which I feel like is kind of what movement should be in so many ways, you know, a conversation with our bodies. And I feel like much like the way that we do everything else in the world, we're like moving so fast, you know, we want to like move our bodies so fast through space and through, and I feel like the, um, like, it's really hard to slow down it's really hard. Like sometimes I practice and I'm like trying to move myself, like I'm moving through mud or honey because it's just like, it's hard to, uh, to not rush things, you know, we're in such a like rushed space, even with our practices. I feel like we're just like, I'm going to check these things off the list. I did my, I did my, I did my nonlinear embodied movement today. I can cross it off my list and move on rather than it being like a completely present experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of something. We have a lodge going on right now. Lodge is like the, the more in-depth group program that I offer. <clears throat> and I say this every time to every class, every session in the lodge. And I tell the women, you know, I'm aware that I'm repeating myself. I'm repeating myself for a reason. This idea that there is there is something really important about dedicated practice, like you said, you know, doing it. And you mentioned checking checking it off the list, but you know, having a dedicated practice, I think, is really foundational for everything. But something I'm I'm always working with in when someone has a an established connection with their body, to start really applying that to the state of being and the state of consciousness with this idea like all time is your time, like all time is practice time. And I mean, it's a great idea, but to actually live that is so hard, you know, especially, you know, a lot of women are, you know, have a lot going on, businesses, families, uh, projects, all kinds of different um, things that are always, yeah, trying to pull them out of themselves, pull us out of ourselves. And, that I feel like is, I know for me, there is dedicated practice time. Like I do have that, but it, 
it, I don't feel that checking it off the list. And part of it is because the focus on applied embodiment, so the focus on having my practice experience and my outside of practice experience feeling less and less like like different states feeling more like it's it's just a all time anytime round the clock option to expand and of course get things done because we have to because we live in the world but staying in that expanded state while moving through life i feel like is really the bridge that isn't often um focused on or talked about as as talked about as would probably be beneficial for most of us the bridge between the practices and you know and every moment and you know the feeling of the door as you open it and just like really expanding dive i feel like it also dilates time it creates this spaciousness so that there is not that anxiety around i used to have a lot of anxiety around doing my especially in, when i was part of the yoga culture like doing my practice make sure i did it and it was this whole weird thing and so to not have that because of the experience of like all all time being you know all time being embodiment time um i think it's a real game changer as far as like this slowing down because then there's no like then it's there's no need to rush because there's like the, the activity or the task and and then there's the expansion of the being that's there with whatever the activity or the task is i'm not sure if this is making sense at all but um that's kind of been my focus and why I like to have these more in-depth offerings some you know at least once a year because that applied embodiment feels like where the real gold is once we you know start to start to have some pathways lit up you know in some of these basic basic practices yeah I feel yeah. like I've mostly only I mean, you definitely hear in yoga classes, like bring your yoga off the mat. Um, mm. But I feel like that's more in like ahimsas and things like that than it is like an embodied practice. And then I definitely, like I trained in mindfulness and that's something that spoken about a lot there, like wash the dishes, like be completely present to your, to the water and to the temperature and to the, um, but you don't hear it as much with embodiment practices, maybe like Feldenkrais, those kinds of practices where they're, where you're really like trying to hold yourself differently. Um, mm. but I do feel like the, like, I feel like there's a lot of conversations around mental presence and less conversations. And even those are like just now starting to really be populated, um, but less conversations around embodied presence and one of the things that i was super drawn to in your work but haven't been able to attend it yet is your like work like a woman series mm -hmm. um and it's because it's an edge for me like i'm i'm a generator i have an open route and like I, I have this constant pressure to be out from under the pressure you know like if you just like check like people with open roots are just like there's always stress you have to like make friends with stress and just be okay with that there's like this kind of underlying stress all the time just to be like well if you finish that you'll feel better but then you have like 20 other things like there's always a to-do to replace the to-do that you just crossed off <laughs> you know but it's been something like i've done some like kind of trauma-informed nervous system work and there was a lot of like kind of honoring your body and i notice mm -hmm. how many times even i i made note of them in the past two days so yesterday I was working, I'd probably been working for like three or four hours straight. I keep trying to like schedule myself 90 minute time blocks and then like take a break, but I have to like set an alarm, you know, and I have like a neck injury and my neck started getting cranky and I was like, it's time to stop. But I kept pushing for like five more minutes and then I could feel like my, I was like, you're going to get a migraine if you don't like, it was one of the first times that I was like super aware 
of like, you need to stop right now. Like you're at the tipping point of like pushing your body too far, you know? And then today I was working and I was like trying to finish a post I was making for Instagram. And I realized the fourth time that it happened that my body had been like, you got to pee. Like you, you got to pee and you're thirsty and you're just sitting here like shaking your foot. Like, I'm just going to finish this like Canva post before I let myself pee. And I think it's like, there's so many of us like that in the world that we're like, even if we think we have a lot of awareness around it, we're still kind of stuck in the hustle and like the like need to like get things done and to like be productive um, and not, and not have those spaces. So I'd love for you to speak to that piece of your work. Ooh, this is one of my favorite things to talk about <laughs> um, because it's, it's, a, it's a real thing for, for most of us, I would say, uh, especially those of us who are, you know, have a, run our own businesses or entrepreneurs and creatives. It's, it's a lot of time at the laptop. It's a lot of time with this little light screen in our hand. Um, and there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do that's 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 real. So I want to start by saying that because sometimes when I start talking about dropping in while working, people will think you know it's just not possible. Like, well, it's not possible for me because I have so much to do. Um, and I will say I so understand that feeling of being aware of a rush pattern or a go, go, go pattern, or what I like to, how I like to frame it is making the task more important than the connection inside, like making, getting the task done, the priority over the, the whole system uh, resonance or the, or the breath or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I, I was like that for a really long time for most of my life and I've you know had different for, different forms of my my kind of embodiment work business but I've been doing this for you know 20 years so I know what that's like and I know the feeling of being in a trap of having the awareness of the patterns but then having the patterns run me and not knowing what to do and I took a little time uh, sabbatical partial sabbatical I was still working with uh, private clients and spent a lot of time off screens and a lot of time in nature longer than I expected but what that did is it created such deep pathways in me that I started to feel what it was like when I got back on social media after a couple years and on screens and emails and the whole thing, I started to feel that the pathway of connecting down into the earth was finally stronger than the pathways that I've had running my whole life, even in you know high school, even being a, you know, focused on, you know, achieving in high school and college and all that, those pathways of getting things done and doing, that were so deeply ingrained, were just less ingrained. And so as I've been transitioning back to a lot more time on a computer and working again um, on you know, doing a lot of stuff online, I've noticed that the integration is finally there where I can be task focused. So not just expanded and unable to do things but stay connected and have the pathway, you know, kind of down and in, you could say, more alive and bright and more the primary pathway that I'm in. Um, and then the, the up and out, the doing the task, the eyes looking at a screen, writing words is the secondary. And so Work Like a Woman was really born out of that and it was born out of me thinking of what I would have loved to have known, you know, five, 10 years ago. Um, and it's kind of like you said, people will say in yoga class or in meditation, you know, like apply this to your life. It's kind of like, great. Yeah. But how, like, what are the mechanics? What are the actual 
step-by-step pieces that I need to do inside of my body to do this. And so that's what work like a woman is. It's, um, it's like a co-working, I call it co-working with the earth. It's like co-working, but learning how to work in a way where our system is really being um, like system, like, you know, physical body, energy, body, breath, awareness is being nurtured while we're getting the task done. And I find that for women, working in a way that's disembodied is actually for everyone, but for women specifically, it feels like it's even more taxing for us, for our health, for our mental health, for the health of relationships, for the health of our bodies and hormones. And so we are, we do work with breaks, like you mentioned, like having a break. I actually do the breaks way more often than my my alpha my producer part of me wants to do them it's like it's almost like unclenching the the hand off the phone or the computer and and setting everything down so i'll do it every you know half hour to 45 minutes and while it seems like it breaks the flow the break is done in such a way where it's not like a break and then go space out it's like a drop in and then bringing that connection back so it's really the connection inside starts to feel more woven into the work and into the experience of of work and i mean it's just i'm excited to hold more of these because the feedback i've gotten so far is it's, it's been really, really positive. Um, people have been telling me they just feel like they finally feel like they can really, it's, it's like actually feeling at ease while I was at a computer for most women I know is like a miracle. <laughs> but then, but then on top of that, the feedback I've gotten is people feel way more productive, like settled but then more productive because the the distractions that you know we we know there's just every kind of distractions aren't running them anymore because there's such an anchor into you know body and earth so yeah i'm excited for you to get to experience that too (laughs) me too me too yeah i think i mean i think also we we're we don't realize that we have a limited amount of actual focus. You know, we can, if we really like focus for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, we can get a lot more done because we're really dedicated to focus. And then we have the break and we get refreshed and then we can focus again. So I totally understand. I think that it's one of the most needed things I can think of. Like when I first saw that you were doing that, it was like, I kept waiting for one to come up because I was like, I really want to like, check the situation out because I just, I feel like it's so important. And I think that it's because it's, it's been either or for so long. Like it's like, um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, cause I left social media for over a year and I had a really hard time coming back and everybody was like, and I mean, I got on my soapbox about it. Not like anyone else should be off social media, but just like, I'm done. I'm never coming back. I don't want to do it. I don't have to do it. I can have my own business. I don't have to like buy into this bullshit that I have to be, you know, I was like very adamant. And then I started feeling little bitty tendrils that were like, I was trying to decipher, okay, am I listening to other people's opinions or do I actually feel an alignment to come back? Because I had like almost a repulsion, like I couldn't even get on there. I was just like, I can't even, like it feels like bad energy at the time. But I think it's a lot like, like the idea that, you know, we can go be a monk on the mountain and probably reach better states of being much faster because we're not dealing with relationships that are our mirrors and we're not like dealing with like the difficulty in the world. So like you said, like I can take time away and just completely disconnect and just like be on the earth all the time and not even look at my phone, but it's the like trying to strike the balance between like having the relationship 
which I think is the true test in some ways. Like, can we have a healthy relationship with our work? Can we have a healthy relationship with social media and the positive aspects of it without just, you know, throwing it completely out or being so like engrossed in it that we have no awareness. Like, it's just, it's a really interesting kind of dilemma, I think, that most people struggle with. Like, once you're back on it, then like, how do you have boundaries and how do you have like the healthy relationship with it and like not let the negative sides of it seep in and like, how can we like bring some of the vacation vibe relaxation into like the work time? So it's not just like, does that make sense what I'm saying? I feel like yes. it's, the re- it's the relationship. It's a relationship and we can, we can, it's much easier to be like, I'm just not going to do this thing. Or like, you know, in my twenties, I would be like, oh, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm a total Scorpio, like independent, like, I don't need to be in a relationship. I like being by myself. But I, I used to say the like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need to like get myself to a particular place mentally or emotional stability, or like, I need to accomplish these goals and these tasks before I'm ready to bring someone in. But the reality is all relationships, whether it's with a person or with social media or with our business, which is its own entity, are our teachers. You know, if we just isolate ourselves and don't do any of that stuff, then we're missing like some of the biggest places and edges where we can grow and expand, I think. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. It is exactly a relationship. And I feel like this time we're in, (laughs) obviously, is a time of like, it's like a spiritual warrior training, you know, and when I forget that, that's when I get into trouble because then it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's such a, such a crazy, weird time to be alive. But like you said, with social media, with, with everything, if we, if we avoid it, and I did, I did that too. I was like, this is amazing. And then I relate to that getting back on it. It was the opposite of an addiction. I was just allergic to it. I would get on and feel like I needed to like go get in the ocean, you know, for a couple hours. It was like, go get in some salt water, clear this. Um, So it took me a while just to get used to getting back on as well. But I do feel like real, I really resonate with what you're saying about, um, embracing it and looking at it as a relationship and looking at it as like okay well how do i how do i bridge the state of feeling you know like the sparkle and shimmer in my heart and feeling like the yumminess the juiciness that i feel when i'm doing my practice how do i do that when i'm on this little tiny light screen on this little app that the whole world has access to it's like okay that's the dojo that's the training that's what's being asked of me because that's what's happening right now on the planet you know i didn't come here most of the time i I wish i came here and could just be a cave woman you know in cave woman days but i'm sure that had its own challenges as well um i love that i love that about I love the challenge of it, I guess. The challenge is like relationship in a, like a partnership. It's not easy. I mean, I don't, if you're of the growth mindset, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to offer so many, you know, courses of growth, so many, so many ways to grow that you can't just do on your own, um, but you can feel connected in a bliss state, you know, uninterrupted if you're if you're not in a relationship with social media or another person. It's much easier. Um, so I love that. And I love that approach. And yeah, it's it feels like it's really it's really alive. Like you said, it's I, I am this I feel of the same um, mindset where I I don't know what's needed more. I can't think of anything that's needed more these days than how to interact with technology and work and stay connected to the earth because technology is not going away, at least 
that it's is going foreseeable. to explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we might as well um, start to learn how to stay connected to the earth and then to be able to transmit that out in whatever, you know, when I send an email or when I write something, I always, and this is part of what I share in work like a woman is like, how do I, how do I, because I'm such a body person, it sounds like you really are too. So how do I feel like I'm, like I'm almost like putting my hand on this person's heart when I send this email, or how do I feel like I'm reaching out and, you know, hugging this person, or if it's a social media post, maybe that not that because I don't know everyone, but who's seeing my content, but that feeling of like, how do I make that touch that contact as if it was a physical, like a body to body, you know, we're in the same room together. And then that, for me, that lights me up. That's actually really fun because then it's a game of how do I work with my energy? How do I work with my intention? And it creates all this kind of playful exploration instead of just, oh my gosh, I don't like social media. I have to do this. Um, so it's kind of like a fun challenge. Yeah. How much do you feel like your work is about being intentional? Because I feel like that's such a huge part of it. You know, like we just go through the world all day from like thing to thing. Um, like I was, I work with the Healy, which is like a frequency technology. And like, I, I, I think often about like how I want to have a relationship with it that is also connected to the earth, you know, um, that is like both and rather than like those things being separate. And, um, I was listening to someone speak about it recently and they were like, you know, when you, when you turn on the Healy, like you're connecting to the quantum field and, if you don't have an intention in that moment, like when you're working with the, the technology, then it's like getting in a taxi without telling the driver where you're going. Even though I'm like choosing an earth program or I'm choosing a coherence program or whatever I'm choosing to run, it's still like important to hold that intention. Um, and it just made me think of, it's kind of like what I talked about earlier where we just, we're in such a hustle culture where it's like, I need to just tick everything off my list. But like, how much are we actually moving through everything that we do in the world with intention? Like even, you know, I can't tell you how many clients I'm like, do not look at your phone before you get out of bed. And like, I'll do it too. Like I have to be like, do not to myself, like don't do it. Just put it like across, like do like at least take some time before you, before you tune into the world where you set an intention for your day, where you like have a direction that you're going before it's hijacked by, you know, everything around us. So how much do you feel like that's kind of woven into what you do or like the importance of intention? Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like it's a, yeah, it's definitely a deep part of, part of my life. Um, it's it's like that co-creation with source god goddess the universe it feels like it's it's connected to that for me um and so yeah i'm so glad that that's a, a focus of for you with clients to not get the phone out uh, just yeah. that example before getting before getting out of bed or as the first thing because then there's it's like that pull out is already so strong to start the day with the pull out is um, it can be really rough. It's hard to get back in if that's the first thing. So yeah, intention. Um, I, I, I do work with it. I'm feeling into how, how I work with it because it's, for me, it comes from it. I, you know, 20 something years ago is when I started taking yoga classes and it's the common at the beginning of a yoga class. What's your intention? What's your intention? And it can feel sometimes like intention is used as a, it's used from the conscious part, from like the head part, like, okay, what's my intention? I'm going to figure out what my intention is from my head. 
And that's not how I, and I'm not saying that's what you are presenting it as, but I know a lot of people, that's the way they work with it. And that doesn't, isn't how I work with intention. I work with it from like the deep belly, from that deep belly. Some people call it the womb space for whatever reason, I don't call it that in my work. It feels like it's more than that. It's, it's that deep, deep inner earth. And so I go there before bed and I go there when it's like the first thing I do and the last thing I do kind of how I wake up and fall asleep. And that feels like it's a natural intention, whatever, whatever the intention is, it might not be a, a word. It might not be something that has language to it because it's more in like the depth of the being as opposed to in from my person. It's coming from the depth of of my being that's so connected to, um, you know, the, the, the vastness. And I'm just feeling to, yeah, this is such a great, this is so rich, the intention. Um, it, it also feels like, and what you're talking about, the phone, like making, being so, it's like there's intention and then the, intention or prayer if you want to call it that and then the partner to intention or prayer is like healthy structures or rules i know a lot of my clients don't like that r word rules i tend to love it so i work with it but some people will use like guidelines and this feeling of being able to trust ourselves like can i set something up and then do it can i be a good leader and a good follower within myself so the phone is a great example, you know, it's like set an intention, but then what is the rule or the guideline that's going to hold, hold that. And then, and then, and then what's, what's the source of upholding that or following that intention you created. So that's kind of like the depths that I like to go into is like, okay, let's say, the intention is we'll keep it that like not checking the phone early or, or setting it down at night or whatever, um, which I can have a problem with as well. If especially if I'm working at night, it's like hard to do. But then when when the when that pull comes, which the pull feels like it gets stronger and stronger every day with technology to to be on it more what's the source of the strength to not do it to basically follow through with what the intention was or what we said we would do and that really is something i i like to dive into so it's, is it just like well i need to do it because i said i'd do it and does that come from that the roots that a lot of us had as as you know children of like well to be a good person and to to do what i said i would do so i'm a good person versus devotion or like from just that deep deep love of oneself of life and like i like i just want you to have a good life i want you to have a good life and i'm doing this not to be good or right or to you know do the thing that i said i would do as this mind over matter like don't reach for your phone but is there this heart inside heart energy inside of that that's that's showing up says you know i just like a parent to ourselves like i just i love you and i want you to have a high quality life and so i'm you know i'm going to follow this intention that i set out or this ever even if i don't feel like it in the moment because of my care for you so I just thought that would be something to, to bring in. It's like working with intention and then working with how do we stay with it? And then, you know, intention and the structures around intention and then how to follow through with those structures. And then what's driving the follow through? Is it to be good and perform for ourselves or is it from that deeper well of love and care? So that was a mouthful. <laughs> no, I think that was that was perfect. I I do feel like it's an well. I loved the idea of like coming from your sacral, coming from you know this like rooted belly space, and like 
not needing a language for it necessarily, or one that, or, or, you know, one that we understand, um, or that is verbal. Um, I feel like I used to lead breathworks a lot. And when we would do that, we would, we would all, you know, it, oftentimes it would be like around a new moon or a full moon. And I would invite them to set an intention, but I would always say like, be willing to let it go and just go for the ride, you know, or like when I used to act, we would like have ideas about what we were going to do in the scene, but then you have to be able to like kind of let go and let source for whatever the best that needs to come through because we don't always know what that thing is, you know? So it's like, I feel like with intention, we always want to be able to give it over to source and like what's in our highest good and highest light when we're like setting intentions like that, you know, rather than like needing a rigid thing to play out or, or, or happen. Um, and I also think it's so interesting what you brought up about follow through, because I feel like I speak a lot about keeping our word and the importance of keeping our word to ourselves, you know? Um, but like, the delineation between like when is quote unquote keeping our word actually like people pleasing or when is it like mm -hmm. not really in alignment with like what we need in the moment it's in 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 like resonance with some idea that we have about what we're supposed to be doing or need to do so that's a really interesting contemplation as well mm -hmm. I love that mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 it's yeah, it's a, yeah, contemplation, exactly, something to feel into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, would you like to share anything about what you've got coming up in your work? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to share. So um, it's been a long journey getting a, a new site up. It's still not quite up, but by, by, the, by the early fall, it will be up and so that's going to be this meganmahalani.com um right now i'm just on i'm on instagram <laughs> and i am um, yeah we're going to start a membership where it's just a, a a weekly practice with me doing the embodied pathways so working with breath and movement and touch and sound and presence like the five main pathways and um yeah the, it's a it's a long time coming this membership it's just going to be just a practice space in the community for women and so that will come out with the website as well so that'll be where we were in june so a couple months out um and then this summer i've got a couple work like a woman sessions planned we're going to have that as a membership option as well, um, starting in the fall. So, so that, yeah, so I'll be sharing that on Instagram and hopefully you can come to, to one of those, um, getting a taster of, of what embodied working is and feels like. And so that's, yeah, that's what I've got coming up. And then we've got a retreat here in September in central Oregon um so that's yeah that's oh nice sacred. i don't know if i knew that you were in oregon i guess I, maybe i did i was in portland for six years i left oh. like two or three years ago now okay okay got it yeah yeah, yeah i'm in bend oh and bend is beautiful it sure is especially this time of year and i've never been here in september but from what i hear it's 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 just as lovely then. So I'm going to be having a, uh, a weekend retreat um, here and calling it sacred creature. So focus on really connecting with the, the earth body, the creature body through movement, through going out to the river, through you know, lying on rocks and dropping in um, while we eat, while we speak, really feeling like the, the body, the creature doesn't ever get left out you know so yeah so that's going to be really that. fun yeah i love the word creature it feels so like <laughs> wildly delicious 
you know? Yeah. But like, it also has like, um, not a, not scary, but like, there's like something that I feel like we all feel uncomfortable with, like being in our creature self, being in our like rawness, you know, that I think is important. Ooh, that's, that's true. Yeah. The primal, the primal aspect of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it can be uncomfortable or scary for people to open to that because it is, it's like the, the blueprint of our wildness, you know, that's Mm -hmm. still intact, even, you know, even if it's, if, even if there's been a lot of, um, like, you know, concrete sidewalks, um, set on top of laid on top of the the wild soil that we are uh it's still there and yeah it is uncomfortable for people it can be but then the when it gets integrated it's just like it's just such a game changer because there's so much you know life force that we get to be um we get to be we get to receive from from the creature when the creature is listened to so i could go on and on and on maybe that's a topic for another time but um yeah creature is yeah it's a it's a nice way to think of our bodies yeah yeah we should definitely have to come back and talk about creaturing (laughs) go go deeper into creaturing i feel like too like um people are scared to be kind of ugly, you know, like scared to be like, just in the imperfection, I guess is a better way of, but actually ugly, like, you know, like we can ugly cry and we can like be messy with life and we can be, there's like this like need for, especially in a world of filters for everything to be that, you know? So I think it's so important to do that kind of work. Do you ever invite men into your spaces or is it solely, solely women? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, or I'll guest teach for men's embodiment um, classes. Sometimes I do, and I've considered doing more um, that's open to all, but I do feel like I have a really special place in my heart for working with women since there's so much to uh, clear and shed and reclaim and heal um when it comes to connecting with our bodies as women that i i appreciate and value the the safety of an all-women's space for women who are really starting to come into you know that connection of their natural movement and their just inherent beautiful sensuousness and just feeling like they're they feel free to do that it just for a lot of women it can feel more comfortable to have an all women's space so mm-hmm. i tend to focus on that but occasionally i'll i'll offer something that's open to to all as well nice yeah well thank you so much for joining me it was so thank lovely you. speaking with you it was lovely to thank you so much for having me amanda it was so good so good to chat. Yeah, I hope to do it again. Yeah. <laughs>